Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Tonight's show is brought to you by MyBookie.com. It's college football season, it's NFL season, it's gambling season. For any first-time customer, use the promo code DRINKINGBROS and it'll double your deposit. Go to mybookie.com, use the promo code DRINKINGBROS to double your deposit today and bet with us or against us. Uh, You can bet anytime, anywhere, anyhow with mybookie.com. Promo code DRINKINGBROS, double that deposit. Welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Very, very special edition of the show today. I often say all the time on Drinking Bros podcast that this is the greatest job in the world. However... If I were to switch and have one job in this life, it would be Kirk Herbstreet's job from College Game Day because you, my friend, have the greatest life there possibly is. Is is it as great as we think it is as a sports fan? Well, if you're a college football fan, it's it's you couldn't handpick a better job. So for me, it's been absolutely ridiculous to be able to do what I do for a living for the last 25 years. Wow. Has it been that long? Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah. And the thing yeah. is, is like you, you still look the same. So we don't really know <laughs> how old you are or how long you've been doing it. Uh, I went to Ohio State, by the way. So I'm going to lead with that. Um, Sweet. Go Buckeyes. And then you used to come into my bar. It was a bouncer at a bar called Ludlow's downtown. Yeah. 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 You used yeah. to roll in. And my manager said to me when I first started, he said, hey, if Herbie comes to the door, Remember where you went to school and respect yourself, dude. He's not waiting in line. <laughs> Wave him through yeah, you, and give him the you, wink. Yeah, you're, you're, you're very kind. We, you know, we would go to the patio, yep. and the patio would shut down at, like, midnight, and we were just warming up, and then we'd go over to Ludlow's. Uh, so that arena district took off. We loved it down there. I've been there a long time, but, boy, that was, uh, that was those were good years. That was the best. We're not going to date ourselves, Kirk, because both of us look uh, great for our age. We're not going to say what they are, but uh, yeah. it was a blast. Everybody loves you. You couldn't have been, like, a, a cooler guy. And I think that's why you've, you've lasted so long on, on game day where it's like, it's a staple. It's a tradition. And everyone loves you everywhere you go. Um, how is it for you personally when you step onto a college campus? Um, are you able to go anywhere without people just clamoring? Um, you know, when you do a job as long as I've done it, um, you know, people definitely, you know, you're in the public eye, right? I mean, you, you work on a show that, that college football fans like, then they, they watch the show, they like the sport. You know, that's the thing I think with game day, I just think, you know, the show has grown quite a bit from when I first joined in 1996 in my first year. And I, I think you guys can relate to this in doing sports and, and, and doing TV. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it has a lot to do with the sport you're covering. If I, if I did the show that I'm on and it was the NBA or MLB or even the NFL, mm-hmm. I, it just wouldn't have this kind of following. It wouldn't have this kind of passion. And I think college football fans, no matter where you are, what, no matter what region you're in, people are rabid about their team and about tailgating and yeah. about the band and just everything, all the, all the traditions. And so when you wrap our show around that, in my case, for 25 years, um, when you come on a campus, people are fired up to see you because they're, they're, they, they feel like when our show shows up, it's a big game. Right. And we've, we've kind of put a stamp that week on, on their campus and, and that being the big game of the week. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. So I've got two questions based on your statement. The first one is just kind of fun. Do you, how much do you get harassed going into Michigan? Because uh, they, well, look, luckily he doesn't have to go there any much anymore. Yeah, <laughs> there's, that's no, true. there's no big games <laughs> left anymore in Michigan. So you're good on that. This yeah, we, we, we've not been up there a ton, uh, but, <laughs> but uh, they, they, it just depends, dude. I mean, like some of them, if they actually listen to their TV, they, they would find that I'm not your typical hate Michigan guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not, it's just not my thing. I, I try to be very objective and, and, and analyze them just like I, I analyze any team, but uh, you're always going to get obviously wise guys that are smart asses and, and mm-hmm. just have to say whatever they're going to say. Of course. The second question is with the movement for, and, and the, and the sec now, and with, I think yeah. the PAC 12 ACC yep. and, uh, and uh, big 10 are talking about something as well. Do you think, I agree with you that the 
history of the and we were talking about this before the show our one of our producers uh mentioned it that the history is almost a character in the movie kind of like how the field and field of dreams was a character mm-hmm. in the movie yeah and people yeah. people love that history is this going to upset some of that stuff with these transitions happening I think so. You know, I yeah. think it has to, you know, if you take Texas and OU out of the Southwest region where they were in, you know, before Southwest conference and the big eight and big 12, and all of a sudden they're in the sec. Now they're playing Alabama and mm-hmm. Florida and Georgia. It just, it, it, it's different. And I'm trying to embrace change. I'm a traditionalist. I, I, I like what you were talking about, about, I love rivalries, old rivalries. <laughs> I, I love some of the games that you can think about when you were a kid and watch some of those great games. And, I um I just don't know where we are right now. I, I don't know what the Big Ten is going to do. I don't I don't know what the Pac-12 is going to do. We don't know what the remaining teams in the Big 12, are they going to try to stay in and be a Big 12 conference or are they going to uh, leave all together and, and join other conferences? So I think the fear of the unknown has a lot of people concerned about the future of the sport. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I heard you on another show earlier this week talking about uh, a prediction of maybe four power conferences uh, and then they get they get rid of everyone, but get their own president, have them run that, and it is not involved with the NCAA. Think, think, think about that though. Think about what you're saying, but remove the words from it. Instead of four power conferences, say four divisions mm-hmm. in two conferences, and now you're talking about pretty much every major sport, all the big professional sports, right? correct? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. some kind of breakdown like that. I mean, it makes sense, frankly. Here's Let's- the dif- here's the real quick difference, though, is the the, the NHL has a commissioner, the, the NFL has a commissioner, MLB, NBA. Whether you like them or not, the bottom line is they have commissioners right. that oversee that entire sport. We have in college football, we have currently five Roger Goodells that are worried about their own constituents. They're worried about their own fans, their own ADs, presidents, uh, players, coaches, and they should be. And so Greg Sankey in the SEC, he's bringing in Texas and OU, and he's worrying, he's thinking strictly about the SEC and how great can he make the SEC. Kevin Warren's in the Big Ten. He's thinking, how great can I make the Big Ten? My concern is, Who's looking out after the the entire country of moving this sport together collectively in a a certain direction? That's why I think if they do branch off, they will name one voice as the commissioner of the of the sport. And then that way, collectively, we can we can all improve uh, as a group. I I just hope that one voice isn't Paul Feinbaum. Um, (laughs) That's just me personally. Look, as as an Ohio State guy, I can't stand the SEC. At least we're not going to have to hear that anymore because there's 83 teams in the SEC. So when you're chanting that now, it doesn't really mean as much anymore. So thank God that's going to be over pretty soon. (laughs) Boy, am I fucking tired of that. This This is 30 years of Ohio State ingrained in his fucking brain right here nobody else cares not at all i i just it's you know again you have 84 teams in it like congratulations nick saban look i have no problem calling him the greatest coach of all time um and to me college football is all about coaching which is why you've seen the the same four teams in the top you know five for the last 10 years essentially you got alabama ohio state clemson uh oklahoma occasionally and uh and then you know that's Whoever else wants to pop in there, maybe Georgia. Notre Dame, and, and, Notre Dame and, and is usually in the periphery as well. Notre yeah. Dame gets up there. Georgia gets up there. And, and LSU. But that, that kind of sucks, though, really, for the game. You mm-hmm. know, I, I think um, it's like I'm not a huge NBA fan, but there for a while it was Golden State and Cleveland. It was mm-hmm. like, all right, no matter what happens, eventually it's going to be Golden State and Cleveland. Right. And and the NFL, you know, you, you get some teams that will get hot for a little bit, and then you'll get, you know, all of a sudden the Kansas City Chiefs come around and the Patriots mm-hmm. – <laughs> or, or, or not knocked off, or I don't know, like the Bucks last year made a run. So I, I, I miss having some parody. I miss having uh, different teams, different storylines. Now it's not Dabo Sweeney's fault. It's not Ryan Day's fault. It's not Nick Saban's fault. I tell you what I think it is. Is I think I think there's never been more of an emphasis on these kids, this generation of player getting to the NFL. I mean, they are all about getting to the NFL. Whereas when I played. Yeah, you wanted to get to the NFL, but man, you could not wait to play college football on those big stages on national TV and and hang out in college and enjoy it. These guys, you know, I'm not saying they don't enjoy it, but man, they they they're focused on the NFL. So Ohio State, they come recruit a kid and they're like, "What position do you play?" And, oh, okay. Well, at defensive line over the last eight years, th- these are the guys that uh, have played here. This is how much money they've made. Yeah, yeah. So if you're interested. Come on and be a part of this. So you play corner. Well, all right, let me point my corner list out. 
here's who the guys that we've had in the last seven years that have played corner for us, and they're all playing and starting you, in the NFL. Do you think the NIL is going to have some uh, mitigating factor on that kind of situation? Like people can make money now as a brand yeah, but, on their own. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think right now we're all on the outside. It's been six weeks. We're mm -hmm. making such a big deal out of this. I, I, I saw a graphic yesterday in a, in a seminar with ESPN, and so far the, the average name, image, and likeness has been $923. Now, don't get me wrong. I would have killed for $923 when I was in college. But I think that the idea that these guys are going to be making millions of dollars, don't give me, there, there might be a player here or there that, right. that might be making some good money. But most of these people, they're tweeting out something because they've got a big social media following. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, 53%, by the way, of those, of those name, image, and likeness to this point were, were not football or men's basketball. Many of them are women. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not this this wild, wild west, I feel like that we're all portraying. Um, now let's, let's just kind of keep watching to see how it changes. But right now it's, it's just not as dramatic as I think a lot of people are expecting it to be. Yeah. Cause I mean, a guy like you, uh, do, do you look back at it of like, shit, man, if, if that was around when I was in college, it would have been the greatest life of all time, because let's face it. The only thing you're missing in college being a college athlete is the money behind it unless you went to a usc obviously but yeah. um uh, i mean <laughs> i was gonna why? i was gonna say you could have made more money during your career than reggie bush did yeah exactly but, uh... <laughs> yeah, right i didn't have any you know i i um if i didn't get a scholarship to ohio state i would have probably joined the marines or, or the army mm -hmm. I didn't, we didn't have a lot of money so w when i was on a scholarship you know my dad occasionally would give me some money to try to get by but i would have loved name image and like this but you know a little thing like um you know, getting enough money to, to, to be able to get, you know, have a relationship with a company like, I'll say Donato's, if you're from Columbus, you oh, know, yeah. Donato's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know get, get as much pizza as you want, or if you can get a new car, you know, something like that would be, would have been sweet, but um, that would have been uh, a lot of fun to be able to, to dabble in that because man, at Ohio State, we're just trying to get into Ludlow's and, and Papa Joe's and, and high energy back in those days. <laughs> yeah, because they're giving out cars. Mark Wahlberg, he's got a car dealership in Columbus. He gave, he gave out a car to a kid on the team really? the other day. Yeah, yeah. No way. Um, and I, did, I didn't see that. Yeah, and I, he goes, he shouted out Marky Mark. And I was like, come on, man. That shit never happened back in the day. <laughs> and now he's That's posing with it on Twitter. Um, you know, Quinn Ewers is there out of Texas. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. immediately his first tw tweet was a, a kombucha company out of Texas yeah. that he's working with. So he got paid yeah. for that. Um, yeah. but, did, but you, did you see the, uh, the BYU uh, deal with, with uh, uh, a company came in and started to talk to their team? It's on social media and, and they, they ended up uh, having a walk on come down and, and say, Hey, you're our first employee. And, and we're going to, we're going to cover your, your basically oh, yeah, now yeah. on scholarship. Yep. And then they brought in another walk on. They said, you're employee number two. Then they said, every walk on in this room, stand up. And they're like, I don't know how many kids stood up, but a bunch of them. And they said, every one of you guys are, are, are part uh, of this company. You're all on scholarship. So they, and that, that, that was a different way of doing it. Uh, I've never seen that one yet. That's amazing. Yeah, that's uh, pretty. That's pretty interesting too. I mean, I, as a, I grew, I grew up poor too. So, one of our, I don't remember who it was. Which one of you dicks asked me this question the other day about who should or or should you pocket the money they're giving you for the scholarship and do the loan and invest the money in something now? They would have said crypto probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or do you just take the scholarship and ride with it? You don't want to seem like a dick if somebody's giving you a gift. Yeah. Like <laughs> actually, I know you want to give me an education, but what I'm going to do is go into debt. <laughs> instead yeah just uh, just just uh venmo me that cash yeah, i'll yeah. make sure it goes towards my education i'm getting an nft of my education exactly just slide that on down the yeah. line you're good to go good um Lord. you were centerville right is that where you went to high yeah. school yeah yep. um my uh my cousins went there as well shout out to the osif family they were all centerville as well uh now your kids though went somewhere somewhere else besides ohio state they ended up at clemson right yeah. Yeah. My, my twins went to Clemson. Uh, they were there, you know, tough way to start their first couple of years in the uh, global pandemic, especially mm -hmm. last year. Uh, then I have a, a senior or a senior last year. He's now a freshman at Ohio state. Um, and so, yeah, I got three in college and, and I have a, a youngster who's my last one. He's a, just a freshman in high school. Do you want him to go to Ohio state? And was there any pressure on that? Cause I know a lot of Buckeye fans came down on you, uh, for, for praising Clemson one year, saying it's because your kids go to school there, not because you think they're the best team and everything else. And again, I'm sure you get that. A all guy the time. that's been in the business for 25 years was a college quarterback himself. 
Yeah, he's probably just going to say stuff because his kids go there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you remember makes, that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, though. I mean, again, there's a fraction of every fan base that are just a bunch of clowns and, <laughs> and, I, and not to, to listen to, to that group. Um, I, yeah, I've been doing this, as you guys said, 25 years. You know, I, I, with all due respect to my own kids, if if videotape and, and a lot of prep work says that if they were playing and they were not going to win that game, I would pick them not to win that game. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had nothing to do at all with, with that. It's, it, you know, that, that's the part of social media that, that um, you know, it's just kind of asinine when, when you get comments like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I take a lot of pride in the work that I do. And um, it really, the, the you mentioned Ohio State fans. Uh, I remember them giving you grief about this. I was about to say, okay, which what, where, where are you where are you going with this? Because yeah. there's a lot of different areas you could you could go with this, but uh, it doesn't pull back or hold back me from my love affair still with the university and how much I appreciate them literally every single day. Mm. Uh, the gratitude I have for the opportunities that that being a Buckeye opened the doors it opened up for me. So uh, despite the jackasses that are out there, the, the, the vocal minority. Uh, I'm still a diehard uh, Ohio State guy. Yeah, and and, and the same, by the way. And that's why I wanted to bring that up. And Mm -hmm. I apologize for interrupting you. But, you know, with Dan and I, we've been doing a sports show for, you know, four or five years now at this point. And I'm the same. Like, everybody gambles on it, right? That's uh, one of our biggest sponsors is is a gambling sponsor, mybookie.com. Shout out to them. Drinking Bros doubles your deposit on that. But we've learned to become objective over the years. And people get on me about Ohio State. And it was like, look, I can't help that my team is in the top four every year. That's the thing. I mean, it's like if they would mix in an eight and four once in a while, I would not look like a homer. But what are you going to say? They suck? Oh, they're 11 and 0 again. Like, uh, yeah. How do you how do you criticize them? How do you pick against them when they're the best team in the Big Ten by far? You know, every year um, it's difficult when you have to keep saying you're throwing you're throwing bouquet of roses at them every single year. And yet again, if you objectively don't say they should go to a playoff because Alabama maybe or whoever's better, right? You know, that's that's when I think they they they, they get kind of worked up. But yeah, you guys you guys get a little bit of taste of that as well for your objectivity. Well, yeah. I'm I'm I went to Penn State, so I get, I'm I can shit on my team all day. Yeah, he went no, to Penn. No, no, yeah. Yeah. no, man. Last year, last year, the two point conversion against Indiana, <laughs> the review, it went against them. I think it it ripped them apart. And then, and then Clifford didn't have a great year quarterback mm. and they played Ohio state week two and, and mm. it kind of the season got sideways. It was on off the court. rails. Yeah. Pretty early. But dude, I'm telling you right now, they open up with Wisconsin. If there's a team that has a chance for a bounce bounce back year uh, in the big 10, I, I, maybe nationally, I, I would say Penn state. We'll I, see. I, I'll, be, I'll be surprised. Clifford's going to have to play a lot better, but uh, you know, if we get full stadiums and, you know, they play Auburn early in the year, yeah. which will be kind of hyped up. But uh, I didn't know you are a Penn State guy. Yeah. That's, that's probably my favorite place to go uh, go do a game, especially in the whiteout. It's, yeah, we were at the whiteout against uh, Ohio State two years ago when, mm-hmm. they, when they snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory. That was a great game. Man, uh, one of the best. It, it was actually a great game. I wonder if uh, – is the, is the Big Ten becoming like the ACC with Ohio State and Clemson and everybody else? Is that is it is that over it, now? Yeah, that, that's what I feel like. Is like Penn, are Penn State or Indiana or Michigan a real threat at all to to Oklahoma I, or to Ohio State at this point? I feel like it depends on what how the schedule uh, lays out. Like if Ohio State has to go to Penn State, it, it, I mean, go back and look the last I don't know five six yeah. years. Ohio State Penn State a lot of times it's a one possession game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's we say whatever we want about Ohio State's at a different level. That game typically is a four quarter game, and mm-hmm. if it's over in State College. It's, you know, it's tough to beat Penn State over there when they're a good team. So I, I don't know if Clemson has a Penn State. Um, I, I know North Carolina with Mac Brown's getting better. They're ver- real hyped up this year. They're a top 10, uh, top 10 team with a great quarterback. But uh, Indiana, man, they, they've been a, a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know how you guys feel with, with when you talk about the Big Ten. I, I like to see michigan be better i like ohio state to beat them every year but mm. i'd at least like to see them as a a powerhouse well, it's you been know? embarrassing so, i mean indiana's the, yeah. indiana's in new michigan right now and it just doesn't have right that now. same doesn't have that same kick no. like I, yeah. I, i'm not if 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 michigan was the michigan from 10 years ago even and yeah. they were playing in ohio state i'd want to go to that game not yeah. like i'm a i'm not 
I don't really give a shit about either one of those two teams, but that's a game. Right. How, and, how great, and, though, with, with Penn being a Penn State fan, I mean, you think of those uniforms. When Penn State goes to Ann Arbor and they're wearing their all-whites, yeah. Michigan's ranked 12th in the country, 8th mm. in the country. I mean, it's game on. Those are great There's games. so much excitement, you know, or when Michigan comes into the to, uh, in the State College and, mm. and they're ranked 7th or 8th in the country. Yeah. It's that, but, you'd rather have them like that than yeah. not ranked. I don't have know? that same feeling even now that they're that good about Indiana. I don't know if I ever will. Like I don't it, think so. It's, just, yeah. they, don't, they don't have any history no. or tradition. It's like you missed a movie in childhood and now you go back and watch it. Like, this is fucking stupid. And everybody that yeah. saw it as children, they're like, hey, this is a great movie. I'm but, like, no, it's not. It's but terrible. shockingly, when Indiana's great at basketball, I feel better about life. Everybody I'm loves like, that, All right, yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see yeah. them return to glory in that because of the history of it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, going back to the objectivity thing uh, real quick, by the way, because we just had our, our uh, kind of prediction show yesterday uh, of who we thought was going to win. For the NFL. Uh, yeah, yeah, for the NFL. And then we, we threw in at the ends, like, hey, I hate to disappoint you here tomorrow. But yeah. uh, um, look, this is the first, I think this is the first time we did pick Ohio State, actually, to win this year. Mm. Last year, we had picked Clemson. Uh, we were incorrect. Mm. But who was going to bet against Trevor Lawrence last year? Uh, right. Um, so... This year, uh, you got three teams uh, in the top four that have brand-new quarterbacks with Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama. Uh, Georgia seems to be the dark horse on a lot of people's uh, minds. And then uh, Spencer Rattler out out of Oklahoma. I've seen seen some uh, Oklahoma picks as well this year. I don't know if their defense can hold up. Um, Who do you have winning it all this year? Or are you allowed to say? I'm, it's still early for me, honestly, because so many of these young freshmen, after some of these scrimmages emerge, I get a hold of coaches like Coach Saban and Coach Day, and I talk to these guys about, hey, wait till you see this guy kind of thing. It kind of impacts you. Even while we've been on this uh, tel- this uh, broadcast, I think Georgia's had two starters on defense that just announced they're injured and probably going to miss the first few weeks of the season. So things like that, you know what I mean? They happen, and, and you got to kind of hold – hold your cards until you get to uh, until the start of the season, because people hold these predictions, as you guys know, like it's like life and death, you know? So I like to give myself the best chance, but you're never going to go wrong with the teams you mentioned. Um, Oklahoma to me is their defense last year made incredible strides. Their offense is going to be scoring a ton of points. I think Ohio state is actually going to be better. I mean, think about what they lost with Trey Sermon and Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. I think they may have a chance to be better this year than they were last year. And so <laughs> they, they'll be tough to, to beat in the Big Ten. Um, and then Alabama, man, they lost their whole team. And, and there they are preseason number one. They lost their coordinators. And there they are preseason number one again because of Nick Saban. So mm-hmm. I, I think you can never go wrong with those teams that you mentioned. It just depends on the order and, and how you want to pick them. Uh, I can't, I'm calling the Clemson-Georgia game uh, in Charlotte September 4th. And we'll, we'll have a really good read on both of those teams right away. I'm glad you brought that up because I went all in. So uh, the reason why we pick so early and we have to gambling has, has now t- changed everything, by the way, in, yeah. in, in college football yeah. and NFL. Well, so, you're getting, you get better odds, correct? right? Yeah. I, well, I make, I, I make eight different bets on who's going to win the natty throughout the season. Mm-hmm. It's, like, yeah. it's like doing live betting, right? Yes. So you just, but yeah. Well, what's Ohio State right now if you pick them to win the national championship? Ohio State is, I, I believe, four to one right now. Uh, Bama is the favorite. Uh, Oklahoma think- is right behind them. Uh, and then uh, look, Georgia's up there as well. Clemson too. Yeah, and, and Clemson as well. Now with us, you guys should you guys should take a flyer for fun on like a Cincinnati or like an Iowa State. If, you know the, if I mean? we had the twelve team playoff, I would. Yes. When that happens, but hey, man, I'm telling you, think about this. Cincinnati, they played Georgia great last year in the Sugar Bowl. They're already starting in the AP. I don't know where they are. Eight, maybe somewhere in the seven, top. Yeah, seven, seven, eight, eight, think yeah. about think about this. They play Indiana, who's ranked, and they play Notre Dame. You, you, what you need when you're one of those teams that's not in the Power Five, you need a couple games in the non-conference to give you a chance to build a little bit of momentum. They got that. So Cincinnati is telling you, might be their whole team's back from a year ago. They might be worth a, a flyer, and their quarterback 
if you're looking to be frisky, you may want to look at Desmond Ritter as a Heisman guy and a, and a long shot guy to maybe win the Heisman. See, there we go. So I'm, Kirk, giving, I'm giving you, I'm giving you info here. I look and I'll, I'll, I'll spin it back to you. You, my, wait, you heard it. Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit guaranteed that Cincinnati is winning the national <laughs> title. No, is that no, what happened? No. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> my dark horse for Heisman is the running back out of Iowa State. Um, yeah, right. If I'm going to throw some cash on it for for decent odds, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Running uh, running backs preseason odds are uh one they're they're they don't work out very well very frequently remember jonathan taylor i don't know what happened to him turn into turn into exactly who we thought he was going to be in the nfl a great running back yeah yeah, yeah. but for some reason that last year what the fuck happened to that guy that's why i don't make bets on running backs it's always quarterbacks when i'm betting betting preseason it was a strange yeah it was a quarterbacks and wide and wide receivers wide receivers yeah and to get all the all the love you know the, the, the quarterbacks you know you're usually can't go wrong. It's it's almost like who's the quarterback of of, of a top five team or top two or three team that that's that's usually going to be the, the guy mm-hmm. that wins the Heisman Trophy. Right? Yeah, and uh, I hate to say it, Herbie, but uh, I I bet against uh, your kid's school. My lock of week one because we've already done it already is uh, I've got Georgia beating Clemson, and I'm telling you to take the money line. It was at plus four and a half. It is now down to three. That's how many people are betting on Georgia. You're calling that game opening week on Saturday night. For me personally, Clemson has lost too many people. They've got a new quarterback. I know Justin Ross is coming back, but obviously Lawrence is is gone. ATN is gone. And Georgia's got a decent quarterback, which was kind of all they were missing for the last three or four years. This is the next step for uh, Dabo. Is can like next step as a next step to the level of the greats. Yes. Right? Can he rebuild? Can he maintain a, a dynasty, if you want to call it that, for more than five or six years? Is it going to be a decade worth or 15 or 20 years worth, right? Yep. We don't know yet. Yeah. What, what, he seems to be a good recruiter. He's getting good kids into the school. He seemed to have reloaded. But to be honest, the last two years of defense, that reload doesn't look nearly as good is that Wilkins, et cetera, defense that was there before, right? No, and, and you've got to pronounce the last name of, of Clemson's quarterback all year. I'm just going with ukulele because I'm terrible at names. Uh, DJ. DJ yeah. ukulele, but yeah. uh, you've got to, you're going to have to pronounce that all year. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not up to skill, up to practice yet, just yet on that. I'm one of those guys that once I, once I hit it, I hit it. You're I, a gamer. I just go repeat it, repeat, repeat, repeat. <laughs> then I'm, then I'm, I'm kind of in cruise control. Uh, I'm call, for now. I'm calling him DJ. Yeah, yeah in, until we get into the, into the season. But you know, you guys make good points uh, on Clemson. I would say this: when they lost Deshaun Watson, uh, I think a lot of people wondered, okay, now we're going to see what they're really about. And then eventually, Kelly Bryant had him for one year. Yep. And then, and then they, of course, we saw Trevor Lawrence as a freshman lead him to a national championship. Uh, this defensive line, they think, is going to be this year as good, if not better. They've got some first rounders mm-hmm. up there that were young players. A year ago, they feel that they're ready to to emerge. I think their defense will be a strong point of theirs. My biggest question is not Trevor Lawrence leaving, it's Travis Etienne. Mm -hmm. I don't know if people really appreciated what he meant to that offense, Uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, Mm -hmm. running tough. He he just was a great back, and he was for three years. And so how they replace him, I think, is a little bit of a mystery. But, uh, you know, you know George is loaded. You mentioned JT Daniels, a kid moved over from USC. Yep. He's healthy yep. now. Um, we'll see if their team is healthy. I just told you they have a couple injuries already in camp on defense. Georgia seems to be one of those teams, when, whenever you get excited about them, something happens. You know, like, <laughs> like their wide receiver Pickens, for example, who's an all-conference, all-American kind of guy, ACL uh, in the offseason. He's out as of right now, could be out the entire year. So they just they just seem to be a team that, um, for whatever reason, can never catch a break. Uh, but regardless, both those teams, a lot at stake. Whoever wins that game is obviously in a really good spot for the rest of the year. Kirk, you've done some podcasts. We got some sponsors who put the shit wagon on the air. First and foremost, KillCliff.com. I know we've been on that CBD train, dog, for a long time, and I'm staying on it. You're not getting me off of that. Uh, for the summer, for the fall. I love a little vodka and Kill Cliff CBD. Uh, the grape is my favorite. However, the Flaming Joe is finding a place in my heart that is melding the two together. And I'm, I'm ones or twosies now on that, so I don't, I don't care what's in the fridge as long as it's in the fridge. 25 milligrams of CBD in every single can. No THC, so you will not piss hot on a drug test. I know we've got a lot of listeners here who have to take drug tests. There is no THC in it. Kill Cliff 
is the only name you can trust as far as drinkables go in that space. And now at KillCliff.com, you can use the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 30% off everything, not just their CBD products. Uh, you can also use it across the board on everything they have on the website. Go to KillCliff.com today. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 30% off. But I'm telling you, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not getting that Kill Cliff CBD inside your body. Next up, we got MyBookie.com. Look, kids, Dan and I have already told you, we're in on Ohio State to win it all this year. This isn't a homer pick. It's just who we believe in. We picked Clemson last year. Go to MyBookie.com today and get these odds before they start going through the fucking roof. I've already bet... We, I'm, I'm going to tell you who my locks are already on mybookie.com, okay? I've already bet these games. Opening week of college, I am all in on Georgia beating Clemson. The spread is four points. I'm all in on that. Uh, so that is my lock in college football. My lock in the NFL opening week is Tampa Bay versus the Cowboys at minus six and a half. I've already bet that as well at mybookie.com. Now, if you use the promo code Drinking Bros and have never used it before, it's going to double your deposit. I don't know how much it's up to. You can try putting 20K in there, see if you're going to get 40K back. But I know this, they're accepting crypto. You can put some Bitcoin in there, dog, and double that Bitcoin. Uh, you're, I, you might be able to use... Well, I, I don't know about Ethereum. I'm not going to say it. I love Ethereum. I don't know, but I know Bitcoin is in there. Go to mybookie.com today. Use the promo code Drinking Bros to double your deposit and bet with us or against us. It's the time of year where it's time to make some fucking money for Christmas gifts for the kids. Yeah, you get to shop nine months in advance now due to COVID. We've got a shortage of everything. Therefore, I'm gambling on all the things. Also, look out for uh, Hot Bob and Delco Dan's new show, Outside the Top 25, they'll help you win even more money on mybookie.com. Promo code Drinking Bros doubles your deposit. Last but not least, ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. The flash sale's still going on, 40% off. If you want to sleep like a little tiny king, or if you want to sleep like the Taliban, Inside the King's Palace tonight. <laughs> Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros. What, Nick? You know that's where they're sleeping, dude. They're sleeping in the, in the fucking King's quarters right now. You know they got ghost beds up in that bitch. Only the finest. I'm sure their, their bed frames are made out of gold, and they got the, the 3D matrix set in there, and they're all just, they, they've got the remote control. They've got the adjustable base up in there in Afghanistan. Taliban sleeping real nice tonight. If you want to sleep like a king, like you've just overtaken an entire country, go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros today. And as always, they got a 36-month pay-as-you-go program. No interest there if you have decent credits. And uh, you can get your, yourself a whole new mattress set with all of the deals included uh, for like 35 38 bucks a month. Congratulations. You've done it. You have done it. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Uh, and when you check out, if you're using the 30% off, use the promo code drinking bros at checkout just in case. Just in case. Thanks, Kirk. I can't remember an opening week game this big in a, in a long time. Um, usually, you know, it's Alabama versus <laughs> someone, right? This year they're playing Miami on another network that's not yours, so I'm not going to say who it is, Herbie. I don't give a yeah. shit about it because I'm watching this game. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> we're sending our crew to that game as well, and it's like uh, I can't remember. Uh, man, I'd have to go back years to remember a game this big that has championship implications week one. Yeah, yeah, I mean – Alabama normally plays in these games and occasionally they'll play an opponent. That's maybe a top 15 opponent, but yeah, you, you, I, I've been calling these, these opening game uh, on the opening weekend forever. Uh, there was one year that we had, maybe it was Oregon and LSU uh, down at uh, Dallas. That was a, a game that had a lot of hype because both teams were up near the top five, but I, I can't remember one that's been like this where, you know, you, you so much, like you said, thing is in, in, in NFL, you get the exhibition games, kind of work the kinks out, find out what your strengths are, even high school football. And, and, and of course, in college, you don't. And to start off with a with a powerhouse top five team like that for both teams, that's a, that's exa it's exciting, challenging. And as long as you don't get blown out, I don't think you really 
get hurt too badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't want to lay an egg. And one time Alabama played USC and, and I mean, they could have beaten them by 80 in one of these games and, uh, and USC law ended up losing three games in a row. That was the year they eventually switched to Sam Darnold and won nine straight on the back end, but uh, they got embarrassed on, on that opening night. So you don't want to do that and hurt yourself uh, making a run to getting back into the top four. Yeah, uh, I know you're Dan. We've already had a bet on this. Dan's got Clemson that opening game. Um, yeah, I don't think uh, Clemson's going to have too many problems. It, the, the, the issue with Georgia, and I talked about this in the NFL preview show too. The issue with them, I think, great defense. But if you, put, if you expose a great defense to enough offensive plays, they will fail. That's just how it works, right? It's just like anything else. If you throw enough pitches, a guy's going to swing and miss X, X amount of times. And without the ability to keep the ball, uh, not only score points, but keep that defense off the field, that defense, at least to some degree, becomes neutralized, right? And I think mm-hmm. this kid from Clemson can move the ball down the field. I know JT Daniels is a good quarterback, but we've seen good quarterbacks at Georgia before, like Fromm, yeah. just completely evaporate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where the fuck did they go? Because they're not... They, look, they're D- not, DJ they're, looks sexy in that Notre Dame game. So, I, yeah. look, he, he's there, and I think he's going to be a great player. It's the pieces around him that I'm worried about. Um, yeah, the running back issue is a problem. I mean, if ATN was just so good, dude. You can definitely see them. I mean, I mean, Dabo is not one to misuse players. That's not what I mean to say by this, but having to lean on that kid both at, for, for yards on the ground and yards in the air enough, mm-hmm. right? That, that plays well to a degree. It plays well to a Lamar Jackson level of success at Louisville, but it doesn't play well to a national title. Right. Having, having a singular offense like that, that shit just doesn't work, right? But who knows? Maybe maybe they got some running backs down there. Yeah, well, we'll see, right? We'll I mean, f- honestly, we'll see. Who we'll knows? find out. The beauty is, you get to call this opening game, and you know, not only do you do game day, but you're in the booth. Uh, and now, in my opinion, with Lee Corso, yeah, too. With, with with Corso, um, who we love, too. yes. Um, and I know he was integral in in your career because uh, I think he helped get you hired. And then there was a rumor that I heard that ESPN was trying to get him out of there, and you were like, "Look, I, I need, I want to keep him." Because that, that's the dude who got me in there, and I, and, and I want him here. No, I don't know if it's quite like that. I, I've, always, I've always gone to bat for him, for mm-hmm. sure. But ESPN loves Lee. I mean, it's, they've never wanted to get him out, ever. How could you? I, I, Good. I, I, I mean, he's like a made man. Yeah, you know, that would be like, a huge mistake. As long as he wants to stay. And he, and he didn't really get me into ESPN, but when I, when I had my audition – uh, for game day, I was about 23 years old, and there, there weren't a lot of TV jobs back in, in those days when I when I was auditioning. And he he made me feel like I was okay, like I belonged. Um, but that was the first time I'd ever met him in my life. And so once the audition was over, and I was you know I thought I did terrible. Um, they called me a few months later and said I got the job. And when I first showed up to to start, you know, this is going back to 1996. Um, here's a guy that was honorable mention all big 10 what the heck am i doing on a national tv show talking about florida and tennessee and usc and all these teams all over the country and man lee from day one just made me feel like i was 10 feet tall you know just just one of those guys that just embraced me and uh it it made me feel like you know what i can do this and so for that um i never never forget or never forgot that and and forever have always looked at him as, as just a guy that he's just a partner. You know, we've been together for, like I said, 26 years and guys, uh, you guys know him as being funny, being silly, putting on hats and, and uh, headgears. And I know that side of him, obviously, but uh, I know a totally different side of him and, and uh, a guy that I rely on and lean on in a personal way, uh, you know, all this time. So we're, we're very tight. Yeah, because, you know, Dan and I, we cover a lot of these games. We see most of the games we go to, truthfully, you guys are, are there. Yeah. Um, and so we get to see you guys when the cameras are off. And it looks like you guys are all homies in real life. What, like yeah. you and Fowler and those guys and, 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 and Corso. It looks like you guys are just having the best time. And even when the cameras are off, it, it seems like you're just talking about the games and everything else that's going on. Is it like yeah. that in real life? Because that's what it seems like. Hundred percent, you know, and I think that's the key to to being able to do a successful studio show. Mm. Is you guys? I don't know if you've worked with guys that you know you got along with, but you know, when the, when the light went off, you know, you kind of went your way and they went their way. You were gracious and kind, but you're not hanging out going to dinner, right? Uh, and then I've worked with people that like on game day where you you know you know about their families, you know about their kids. 
um, you know, you don't see each other for a few months. And when you reunite, you know, everyone's like hugging each other and going out to dinners, you know, Thursday or Friday night and, and just developing incredible chemistry, not because we're supposed to, but because we like to, you know, and, and, um, you know, a lot of times we'll be on site on a Thursday and we'll have, we'll, uh, our, our ops people will set up a dinner and we'll get a room at a, at a nice restaurant, wherever it is. And we'll have about 10, 15 seats in a, in a room and we'll have a TV on and we'll sit there and, and have dinner and watch the Thursday night game together and, you know, watch the first half and just sit there and bust chops, you know, the whole game. And I just feel like when you do things like that, you guys probably have experienced it. Mm. It, it, it transitions over onto your on-air uh, relationship and uh we're lucky man I, and i think the tnt show with charles and those guys oh yeah i think, uh, Love it. I think game, game day and and that show both those those shows kind of feel that the people actually get along with each I other i agree those are the only two sports shows that i watch i mean i watch get up with greenie as well but like panel shows those are the only two that i watch yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like i get anything out of the other i mean what we'll, the only one that exists for baseball is the one that's on mlb network with pedro martinez and 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 I can't Big understand Poppy. one word they're saying. Big Poppy and yep. shit. Well, I mean, it's it's fun, but they don't really they they. It doesn't seem the same as Charles and Kenny. What, and those what's guys. your guys' favorite? What is your favorite sports? Well, so uh, football obviously is number one, but um, and I hate to say this because we've had him on the show, Matt Leinhart. I, I love the guy, right? But Fox is doing a morning show that is trying to replicate the success of College Game Day. It's not the same. They don't have the same chemistry there. Mm. And for me, as an Ohio State fan, obviously it sucks because they're putting all our games on at noon just so yeah. their, their ratings can pick up the, you know, the 45 minutes of Buckeye <laughs> fans coming in before that and everything else. And I love Matt Leinhardt. I think, it's great. I think he's great. But it, it's so hard to replicate the chemistry um, because I'm a, I'm a movie guy. So my background is, is films. And, like, you don't know until it – you're out there. And with you guys, it's the chemistry that's there. Um, and then the, the shocking part for me, in, in particular with you and Fowler, is the fact that it was able to translate into the booth as well. Um, not just college, but you guys did a Monday night football game where I thought after watching it that you guys should have taken over the Monday night slot. And a lot of people agreed on Twitter where, you know, that's where you, you typically go for the quickest feedback where it's like, all right, how great are these guys? For me, I was like, dude, I don't understand why they just didn't back up the truck and have you guys do the Monday night football <laughs> games as well. So you guys are my favorite in that realm. Uh, NBA, like he was saying, I love uh, uh, Charles and mm. those guys. Um, John Anik in the UFC yeah. uh, is, is one of our best friends in, in real mm. life. Like, uh, I think he's one of the best in the business. He's definitely the best at pronouncing names. Oh, my God. I've never seen a guy... He's like a fucking, he's like Rain Man. He's got all these little three by five cards with this microscopic yeah. writing on it about every <laughs> single detail of that fighter's life. And he's like, he's telling me details about a guy on the undercard. I'm like, I don't give a shit about any of this, dude. Yeah. This, that, I, I appreciate that you know it. And I'm acknowledging that. Can we move on with our lives? Exactly. And, and we'd pitched to him because we did a show with him in the McGregor fight a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Um, we were like, hey, if you got in the booth with Kirk and Fowler, the three of, of, of you guys would just absolutely dominate. Um, I know that they ended up going with a different team, but uh, there's just something special about you guys and the chemistry that you have that I don't know how you can replicate it. And, and clearly they've tried. And now ESPN is going to... Well, you the, can't force it, right? Yeah, you can't force it. And they're, they're going to that alternative uh, commentary on Monday Night Footballs on ESPN2 with Peyton yeah. Manning and then switching off with Eli every week. I'm going to be looking more forward to that than anything else. Any mm. chance that you guys show up on that? Um, I'll just go like this for the whole thing. Like I, I, we'll, we'll see what happens down the road. I, I don't know. Um, that would be dope, we, though. I mean, I, we, we had fun. I was surprised because, man, I, I'm a college football guy, and I've never really thought about doing NFL. But that game, even though there wasn't one fan, there was literally not one mm. fan in MetLife that night, we called the Giants and the Steelers. That's weird. But what, I'm, what I love about my job is the, the prep leading up to the game. You, you, you know, they do these production meetings with coordinators. You talk with, you know, the players. And, and I was floored with how cool uh, Mike Tomlin was to, to our crew and, and how forthcoming he was and, and Big Ben and Saquon with the Giants and all of everybody. Everybody uh, could not have been – any more receptive and, and um, gracious with their time. And that part got me really, really amped up for the game because I was expecting them to just kind of be like, you know, just, 
you know, be, be quick and brief and mm-hmm. I have no time for this. And they were the opposite, complete opposite. And uh, what people don't realize is I think it was the next week or the week after there was some kind of COVID issue. They moved the game to, to, uh, to ESPN. It was, I, I think, a Denver New England game. So we did, Fowler and I did a game in Clemson and we flew right after that game, you know, midnight landed around two 30 or three in the morning at Foxborough. We stay at a hotel uh, right outside of, of the stadium. And I'm on the phone with, with the offensive coordinator from uh, that next morning at, you know, at like eight or nine in the morning with the Broncos offensive coordinator, just me and him. And we're going over everything. And, and in the middle of uh, about 45 minutes into our call, his uh, PR guy comes in and says, Hey man, game's off. And, and, uh, and, the, and the OC is like, he goes, uh, we're on a zoom and he goes, did yeah. you hear what he said? And I go, no, what did he say? He goes, get game's off. You know? And I was like, are you kidding me? Cause I was getting ready to, I mean, I flew all this way. I'm talking to you and here we go. And, and uh, going to do a Patriots game. Uh, you know, I was fired up. So I guess the, 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 the moral of this story is, I am much more receptive to thinking about the NFL uh, in the future than I would have been uh, prior to those experiences. And I don't know if I'll be involved with Peyton uh, and and Eli, you know, I'm not sure the details on that. I love both those guys. They're both good friends. And I think, I think you'll see SNL Peyton and uh, and Eli, which they they do a good job, you know, just busting chops and and having fun, but I'll, I'll be tuned in to, to see that as well. Yeah, I think the reason why, though, it, it worked and like Tomlin and those guys like respected you. I don't know if you hear this from the players, but we interview athletes on this show all the time, you know, in particular NFL players. And they say the same thing. They still watch college game day mm. every single Saturday. Mm. They still watch the Saturday night yeah. games that you guys called. Therefore, yeah. I don't think that you realize, but in, in their world, you're still like the guy, like you're still the hero. So even though you were you flipped over to the NFL, they were like, oh, well, shit, I those are the guys I see every Saturday. Like they're yeah. still the best in the business. Yeah. But I guess I, I just don't, um, I don't go there because I, I mean, I hear that from, from pro guys all the time, you know, they are so proud of their school mm-hmm. and so proud of, you know, sitting around on a Saturday and in, in the facility and watching their team and bragging and, and having bragging rights. So I, I get that, but uh, it's another thing when you get ready to call a game and the people um, are, are just as, as helpful as they could be. So I, Maybe that's how it is normally I, I, for, for, for us if we do that. But uh, it, it's just, the, I guess, the, the bottom line is if ESPN asked me down the road to do that, I think we're going to call a game again this year, mm-hmm. you know, with week going to week 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of doing ESPN a doubleheader to open the season, they always do that doubleheader, which is where we did a game last year. I think they may move us to uh, week 17 where it's potentially right around, you know, teams trying to get into the, into the postseason, mm-hmm. which would add a little bit more drama uh, to the game that we get to call. So we'll, we'll, I think we may be dabbling again this year. Big, great big games that week. Yeah, tons, yeah. tons of big games that week. Vikings, Packers is that week. Yeah. that's that's. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens yeah. with Aaron Rodgers. Um, the biggest question we also get with, with you is uh, how do you get on game day? How famous do you have to be to be the, the, the picker on game day? Um, me and like all my actor friends are, are always like, ah, I think I'm at that level. And then you see the guy <laughs> who's at that school and you're like, ah, shit, I'm not at that level. Wait, yet. who is it for when they go to Ohio State? Yeah, well, here's the thing. So, is Ohio's, it Guy Fieri or some shit? Uh, I think, yeah, uh, Guy Fieri. But there's so many famous athletes. There's not a lot of actors or writers. Like, um, I want to know who I have to drop my resume to to do just one Ohio State game. Uh, <laughs> we'll get you in there, man. We'll definitely get you in there. I, when we hang up here, I'll call our producers and, and throw your your hat in the ring for sure. Is that real? Because um, that I, yeah. don't tease me on this. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, we we love. I tell you, that celebrity picker is. It's taken off. We we have a lot of fun. We try to mix it up and, and do different different uh, people. I think right now they're we're doing a week zero game in Atlanta for an HBCU game, and they're trying to trying to get Oprah, you know, to try to do that one. But it's it's fun to get different people in, in different walks of life, you know, whether it's entertainment or athletes or whatever whatever it might be. And yeah. it's just cool to see them come on the desk and. And we all have one thing in common. We love to talk about college football. Well, this is a, yeah, that's a microcosm for why sports are so popular in the first place. It's not just because of competition. It's because of the shared experience in history, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hearing hearing someone like Oprah or a business person or an actor or a musician, 
a non-athlete in general talk about that stuff it's like you're at a bar with your friends that's why people yeah. like podcasts because it's like a conversation you know yeah i mean it's yeah. that all makes sense to me that's a good I, yeah. I'd, li- I'd like to see more out of the box people you know what hey I mean? if you guys got if you have a list of names that you'd like to see because we're always trying to be creative we're always trying to be different we're always trying to come up with some different names so if you guys have any names that you would like to see, please let me know because I I will I will do our best to bring them on. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, I'm going to put mine in for the Ohio State game. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, and I'll I'll go ahead and drop the full resume and everything else. But no lie, one of my best friends was on a Lethal Weapon, the, the TV show on Fox. He played Riggs. His name was Clayton Crawford, huge Alabama fan. The first thing he said after the show got picked up for the season and like the ratings came out opening week one. He calls me and he goes, hey, did you like the show? I go, yeah, yeah, the show's awesome, man. I think you're great. And he goes, you think I'm famous enough to get on college game day? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I, you know, have, oh, yeah. your, have your publicist call. We'll find out. Yeah, so. let's Oh, We love that, man. Again, yeah. we're, 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 we're trying to find people that, like you guys said, kind of outside the box, uh, different people that would like to come on and, and have fun. We, you remember the uh, um, what's the, the actor that was on the, the show, Coach? Um, oh, uh, right. Craig, uh, Craig Nelson, T Nelson, T Nelson, yeah, Craig T Nelson, yeah, yeah. And man, and of course, he was Mister Incredible's voice. He came on. He could not. Now, a lot of our, our, you know, maybe our viewers, some of them, the younger ones, had no idea who he was. Right. But a guy like that comes on. You talk about entertaining. Mm-hmm. He was off the charts. But usually, you know, you get the Will Ferrells, Bill Murray, you know, guys yeah. like that that are just naturally funny that come yeah. on there. A um, lot of lot of entertainers and, and musicians that come on there. Have you ever had John uh, Sally on? Because you may not be able to get him off the set. Yeah, we like had he, John Sally on the show yeah, a couple weeks stop. ago. He crushed. Yeah, he's hilarious. He never really? stops. That dude yeah. just doesn't we, stop. We, he did a lot of TV. Yeah, you know, back oh, yeah. Then. yeah, yeah. He gets it totally. He'd be a good one. He's working big with Georgia, big Georgia Tech. Yeah, what's he doing now? He's working with uh, Big Three with Ice Cube right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah cool. we were out in Vegas with those guys. We had Ice Cube on the mm-hmm. show and John Sally, and like, dude, he won't leave, man. Uh, the only thing is, you're gonna have to put a, a delay on him, probably. Yeah, he may use some yeah. profanity. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, we. That's cool here, but we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Who's your dream guy? Like, you, you know, I'm sure. You know who I want? There's two guys that I'd love to have. You got Kevin have Hart, Kevin Hart, and and The Rock. We we mm-hmm. haven't been able to get either one of those guys, and I just feel like. Every time we've reached out, it's been like they're in Australia shooting something, uh, or they're over here, or they're over there. Um, but man, I hope, I hope somehow, some way. Who's uh, Kevin Hart's well, team? I, I know Kevin Hart's team. Like, I mean, the Rock, the Rock went I to Miami, right? Yeah, the Rock went to yeah. Miami. I'm surprised at the Rock because he's a diehard Miami guy. I know. That, I know. That, that should be an easy one. He's the busiest no, man just, on it's earth. It's always been. It's always been about the timing, just uh, not right. And and Rock to me, he's you know, we always feel like. If you get to a certain level of of a guy like The Rock, it doesn't have to be a Miami game. You know what I mean, that's true. It, yeah. I, ideally, it would be a Miami game, but I, I feel like you can you can put The Rock or or, uh, or Kevin Hart guys like that. You can put them anywhere, and and they can come on. Yeah, those are plug and play guys. I don't think Kevin went to a college uh, at all. Uh, I think I he, I, he just came right out. He was doing stand up at like 17, 18, yeah. 18 years old. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. That would have been a waste of time. No, not um, at all. But yeah, every time I see the, the, the Ohio State one, I'm like, man, it's, a, it's another famous guy from have you guys had athlete. Have you guys had McConaughey on for a, a Texas game? Yeah. Oh, we've yeah. had him on over the years, probably, probably three times total yeah. uh, that, that we've had him on. He's, he's, been, a, he's been on our network a couple of times. He's, he's been on this show. Great. Yeah, yeah. He's great. <clears throat> The guy always oh, delivers the goods. I mean, he loves like, sports right, cool. too. He is a huge sports. Like, oh my god, he's a I mean, part he... owner of the of the Austin FC here, and for the for the inaugural home game, he's out there like dressed he was playing the green, bongos, beating a bongo. I'm like, how high is Matthew McConaughey right now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what's famous, what's funny about about him. We um, we got to know him pretty well. This was back in the Vince Young years, but we were in Austin and the famous night that he was naked playing bongos. We actually, we were with him at a bar shooting pool and I, I he can roll, just keep going. It, it got mm. to be, you know, like round two. And I was like, Hey man, nice seeing you fun hanging. You know, I got like a 6am flight. I'm out of here. And Fowler and I both uh, left. He, he kept kind of going obviously. And then that was the, that was the night of uh, when late he left us. I, I don't know when, but a few hours later, um, and I don't even know what happened. I think he touched on it somewhere. You guys maybe talked to him about it, but we were, that was, a, that was a Saturday 
in Austin home football game yep. late, late, late after uh, after a game. But he is a diehard fan, not not as big a fan as you'll find than, than Matthew McConaughey. Oh no, not at all. And I, I can I can actually follow up on that story for you and and tell you what the ending was. He actually framed. Uh, the when he got arrested, that ticket and it it lives inside of his house. Yeah. He told us on that show. Yeah, um, that's uh, he still has it up because he's proud of it. <laughs> I, I know <laughs> he was he was he was proud of it. Um, yeah, and, I mean, uh, I'm not sure what you expected. No, no. And one of my first experiences in Hollywood, I was working a par- a private party for him, and it was like 12 people, and they were trying to get him to switch agencies, and he was three hours late. And the president of this agency, uh, who's no longer with us, so I can tell the story, so he gives a shit. The NDAs have cleared by this point, but he goes, "Man, fuck this guy. Nobody's ever been late to something like this." Blah blah blah. Busts through the doors, smelling like tequila, and he goes, man, I'm really sorry. That game went in a triple overtime, and Texas won. Let's have some dinner. And all was forgotten. Everybody loves that guy. And it, Oh, it, yeah. It's yeah. just it's – a, it's a different world with him. And you were mentioning yeah. uh, Bill Murray, Murray earlier where when he shows up, it's just a different world for those guys where – they are who you hope they are, and then wherever they go into the world, you know somebody's going to have a blast with them. You just don't know who. Yeah, yeah, that's perfectly said. And, and Bill Murray, I mean, I half the time we were we were live, and I'm like, I, I don't even know if he knows what's going on. <laughs> he, he's just kind of like he's talking to people, or you know, he's looking. We're like, okay, what do we got here? LSU and Auburn. What do you think of this one? And, and he's like, he's like in the middle of talking to somebody. He's like, what? Yeah, what? What game? What, what do we got? All right, hey, uh, LSU or whatever. And he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was a trip. He picked up Lee Corso, who at the time was probably, I don't know, 80, 81, picked him up and because uh, it was a Florida State Clemson game and Lee's a Florida State guy and he was all dressed up, uh, at, at, you know, at, at, to show his loyalty at the end when he made the pick and uh, Bill Murray picked Clemson and he, he picked up Corso, almost did like a pile driver with him down down on the, on the set <laughs> as we were going like, it's pandemonium here in, in, in Death Valley. And then I, I pulled Lee up and his hair was going everywhere. We're off the air, you know, everyone's high-fiving each other. And I go, man, coach, I go, that was incredible. I said, when did you guys rehearse that? And he's like, I had no idea he was going to do that. I didn't know what's, what the hell just happened. You know, that was Bill, that was Bill Murray just on his own decided to body slam Corso. Oh, it's great. It's, it's amazing. He's still alive after it. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you this because I'm always curious. Uh, Al Michaels throws this into his, his broadcast on the Sunday night game. He always knows the spreads. Do you know the spreads of the games as you're doing them uh, when you're up in the booth? I, I, um, it's not like I make a habit out of knowing that. It, it's, it's, uh, I used to work with Brent, who he, he knew mm-hmm. all the time. Um, he would even say it would be a 14-point game with a, a minute to go, and the team that you know, it's a 12-point spread, and the team that's losing is driving, and they're down to the 30-yard line, and He's like, still very interesting for some out there watching, you know, and I'm just like, wow, this is before you could talk about that on the air, but he, he would sneak it in. But uh, no, I mean, sometimes Felica will will remind me, you know, that, that the over under was 59 and a half and it's, you know, the game's almost right. over and it's, and it's 60 points or, or 59. And I always marvel at how these, I mean, you guys might know it better than me. I marvel at how these guys do what they do. It's just incredible how often they are right around whether it's the over under mm. or the point spread it's 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 freaky there's there's, there's like there's two guys there's two or there's five places in vegas that yeah. do it and there's like four main dudes four main dudes that do, do it, it and yeah. they do it so quickly because there's such a fast turnaround on everything mm. it's amazing across the board at what they do but the reason that i ask is when you're doing some of these games on saturday night and it is a blowout like that it's in order to keep the viewers watching um, you know, knowing so many people are gambling on it, just looking for the over, it's kind of all you have left at a certain yeah. point where you're just like, yeah. all right, shit, the third team is yeah. in. What's the yeah. over at 65? Yeah, let's uh, hopefully they, they throw the ball here. Well, you know, it's funny because like on ESPN, for example, before um, it was taboo, you never talked about point spreads. So Lee would say if, if the point spread were nine, he would say they're going to win by a touchdown an extra point and a field goal. You know, he, he would just lay it out mm. that, uh, they, that you're good. And if, if uh, about, I don't know, two or three years ago, they said, hey, guys, on game day, yep. don't worry about it. You know, if you, if you guys want to get into talking about it, we encourage it, actually. So that changed on game day. The game itself, they've never really said, 
hey, have fun with the point spread. So I don't know. Now that you bring that up, you get to some of those blowout games. It, it You're right. I mean, it gives you something to kind of hang on to. And the people that are probably still watching that um, are, are probably watching for that very reason. So I, I, you, you, you planted a seed here. I'm going to I'm going to bring that up to uh, to my boss. Well, maybe it can be in uh, uh, some background and that can be in your next book because you got a book out now. Yes. And uh, it's about, you know, kind of your life fatherhood football but there's a big part of it that's about the game day set and how things go during the season for you right and how you manage that and your family and all that stuff at the same time you want to go into kind of what the the book is yeah i mean the book the book is obviously a lot about um about my experience as a broadcaster what we've been talking about um how i got to espn which i think is always something that people are fascinated about whether it's your guys careers Mm. or, or mine people are fascinated how do you how do you catch your break i mean i was a I was a business major at Ohio State, and I thought I'd just do pharmaceutical sales or mm. Worthington Industries. And I ended up uh, taking a flyer on a local AM station, paying me twelve thousand dollars a year, and and jumped on it. And it ended up, you know, leading to eventually. I had no idea what it would lead to, but it, it led me to new opportunities down the road. Um, but the book, so there's some of that, but it's really more about as a memoir, more about going back to my dad um being a hero of mine and and my parents getting a divorce and kind of my world turned upside down probably like a lot of us we all have different trials and tribulations mm-hmm. we go through and this is just kind of my my uh my run my journey and um i think w- people will be surprised to read some of the stuff the dysfunction that i was around as a kid and and uh you know i'm not saying woe is me it's just it's just it's just my story and so um it's just uh, everybody that's read it is like, man, I've known you for a long time. I had no idea about any of this stuff. So um, it's definitely a book that's a lot broader and a lot, uh, a lot more topics than, than football and broadcasting. And hopefully it'll resonate with people, you know, that either went through divorce themselves as kids or uh, maybe you're going through it now as an adult, you know, and they're, they're worried about their kids and, and what their kids are maybe dealing with. So, it, you know, put myself in a vulnerable place and, um it was not easy to do because I'm a, I'm a relatively shy guy when it comes to talking about my emotions or my feelings. And at the same time, talking to Gene Wojciechowski, who I wrote the book with, he kept kind of assuring me, you know, we got to do this the right way for the readers. And, and, you know, as hard as it may be in some of these topics, we got to, we got to do it. And so I'm happy with that where we are. The book just came out, you know, just to, I think yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday, yeah. And, and uh, pretty excited about uh, – there's an audio version as well. I, that took 25 hours to, to get through. I'd read the whole book because I was like, if I'm going to do a book Got about you. my life, I can't have a professional actor, you know, reading my book. So I, I definitely wanted to read it. And I've had already a lot of people that have texted me and said, man, uh, I'm really enjoying the, the audio version of your book to hear it in your voice. So that's out there as well. If people want to check that out. Yeah. And, and a lot of people will, because what I've noticed um, over the last three or four years is audiobooks have almost surpassed the hardbacks because of podcasts and because they want to hear you talk. They want to hear you talk about the story of your life versus reading it. Because when your voice is in somebody's you know headphones, uh, talking about their own personal life and how they grew up and everything else. To me, it's a lot more personal than just reading reading it off of uh, uh, the page. You know, a hardback or a paperback. I mean, listening yeah. to McConaughey read Green Lights to me, yeah, yeah, was yeah. pretty. I mean, you felt yeah. every single word he said. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you that that's not an easy thing to do. It's, you're really performing, you know, and and it's you know, it's not a it's not like how we read when we just read in our head and we're just reading. I mean, when you're reading for a book, I mean, it's, I mean, you're, you're, you're animated and, and, uh, and into it and which is, which is fun and cool. But, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm hoping people will, will check that part of it out and and see if it gives them a different experience. Yeah. But some of the tougher moments, like you were saying about being vulnerable when you have to reread those, uh, I know that was hard, man. You got to change the emotion. You got to change the inflection of the words. And, yeah. uh, and, and have everybody go along the same journey that you were on during those parts of your life. Was that tough? Very tough. And I'm not a professional, you know, at this as, as like being an actor. And so I had a guy who was in, in Boulder, Colorado, who, um, Simon and Schuster, they had put us in touch and, and I was, you know, in, in Nashville, just on a kind of like we're doing right now. And, 
just have to have all the equipment right there. And he's listening to me read every, literally every word. And if, uh, if I had to go back, we go, uh, let's go back to, you know, a couple sentences there, beginning of that paragraph. So, I mean, it was pretty meticulous to go through the whole thing, but yeah, you're right. I mean, thankfully some of the story, I didn't have to act. I mean, it was really, it was, it was kind of, uh, I'm going to say emotional, but it was, it was, it was easy to kind of be in that spirit when I was reading the words uh, that, that were, that were re- uh, that were written, and um, so I think again, I'd love to hear your guys' feedback. I'm asking everybody for their feedback, you know. So if you guys check it out. Love to love to hear what you guys think sometime down well, the road. Well, oh, now, absolutely. Look, yeah. it's it's on tap for me this weekend. I've I've got Audible. Dan and I have done audio books before and everything else. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, why why did you choose Woj on this one? Being an MBA guy. Uh, well, this is this isn't Adrian. This is Gene. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, that's okay. And he's he's a colleague. Um, mm. And, and he, a really he's written writer. a co- he's written some other uh, people's docs. Uh, Reggie Miller's yeah. gosh, well, gosh, Jerome gosh, gosh. Jerome Bettis, I think yeah. he wrote. Yeah, he did well. Bettis. He did yeah. uh, uh, Bob Stoops's. He he did oh, the, wow. the, the uh, Christian Leitner shot uh, Kentucky and Duke. Um, he's done he's done several books, and and he's. You know, there was a comfort there. I think, I guess to answer your question, there was a comfort there with him, knowing him. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about opening up your heart uh, to somebody, but it, it's a lot easier when when you you trust the guy you're talking to and, mm. and you feel like uh, he's he's going to, you know, just, I don't know. There's certain people you can talk to where you, you it's easier to open up to. And he, he was that for me. Is that his brother, by the way? I have no idea. I don't think no, I don't think so. It's just a, a wild coincidence that there's two yeah. Wojahowskis that are connected I, I just, to here's ESPN what, that strongly. Here's here's what I think it is. They probably have different last names, but you are not capable of pronouncing them. <laughs> that seems to be the issue. It's Wojah. But that's that's nothing new on this show. He can't pronounce anybody. I think you nailed it. Anyone's nailed it. It will be DJ <laughs> ukulele all year long on this yeah, show. There you go. And I am fine with it. The name. That's how we that's how we roll in Ohio, right? Yeah. The name yeah. Hey guys, I gotta roll to this next yeah, uh, next interview. No man. worries. Uh, we we usually end the show with a drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helps you become the person you are today. Who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to? I, you know, it may not completely define who this person is. That's funny you just brought this up, but I I, I flew down Saturday to Bobby Bowden's uh, service. Um, I, I knew him only from covering some of their games, but from afar, always just respected him immensely. And went there and listened to Warwick Dunn and Derek Brooks and Charlie Ward and his some of his assistant coaches, Mark Richt, who worked for him, and and Mickey Andrews all speak about him. And I, I was already there in awe of who he was as a person. No one talked about the wins and losses mm-hmm. and all the great coaching he did. All of them talked about how he impacted them as a person. And uh, so that without a doubt, 91 years old, lived a great life and uh He's just a special guy. So that, that that would be an easy answer for me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, the book is called Out of the Pocket Football Fatherhood uh, and College Game Day Saturdays. Kirk Herbstreet, uh, best in the biz. Uh, the mm-hmm. book is out everywhere now. Please check that out. Thank you for being here. Uh, dream come true. I appreciate it. You're going to get that resume soon for me from, from, from the, from I the college picker. I want that. I want that. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, you guys, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yes, keep, uh, keep, keep crushing it. Thank you so much. For D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway, Kirk Herbstreet, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>